Blog Talk Radio. Joyce, it's kind of like a, a car crash. You don't really know. You feel like you know what you're going to get in the end. But the first chunk of rounds, it's two-way. Sometimes he looks like he's getting beat up pretty damn good, right? And he comes through. We obviously know he's, he's really slow-fisted. This one seemed even a little slower. But he also lost some weight, like a lot of it. Like, not just trimming a couple of pounds off, not just leaning out a little bit. Um, and then the rematch. How would the rematch go? We don't know 100% if it's a rematch just yet. But um, how would that go? Would it be any different? Um, would he just apply the pressure right away? Joyce wasn't able to land his, you know, his standard jab, which is usually, you know, very active and, you know, it, it pummels people slowly but surely. But, yeah, he didn't look good. Didn't look that good at all. But like I said, the first three, four, six rounds of, you know, some of his fights, he doesn't look all that good, right? Um, but he just kept beating people. Um, congratulations to Zhang, though. That's a big, big win for him. A lot of people thought, you know, he had maybe gotten the short end of the stick um, against Hergovich. I don't know, is Zhang 
could have faded in that fight like he has in other fights, too, if Joyce would have just been able to get there. That's the problem. He wasn't able to get there. So we'll talk all about that, and then we'll preview, uh, break down the X's and O's, and predict the Davis-Garcia fight. There is some other fights you know, going on as well, Cordinia and uh, Rakamov. That's a good fight on that zone card. We'll talk a little bit about that. There's a little bit of news that we'll get into, um, and it is going to be a shortened show. I mean, it'll be, you know, like an hour and a half or something like that, but it's not going to be two, two and a half, three hours type stuff today. So we're going to kind of get to the point. But, yeah, how would that rematch go? You know what I mean? How would that rematch go? It's it's a, I think it's a very interesting question um, because, obviously, we don't know, right? But I don't know. I mean – you could make an argument, I think, for both sides, but that left hand of Zhang was just finding a target. I just don't – it kind of – it seemed like he took that jab away fairly early. We'll get into it in just a second. Um, if this is your first time listening to the uh, Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope and Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope and Dope and download the show directly there. That's cool if you do. But if you want to listen to it other places under the Rope and Dope Radio platform, it's on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, and a host of other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Eastside Boxing, and Phil Boxing. And one more thing. Get your TV together without the hassle of cable, direct TV, stream, stream the best entertainment sports, starting with 75 live channels. For a limited time, save $120 on the first year when you get any package and buy the direct TV streaming device. No annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premier channels, premium channels, I always say that, included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, direct TV stream. Okay, so... Man, you know, Zhang got off to a really good start. Like I said, it's not a secret to have success, right, uh, against Joe Joyce. It, it just – it happens. Um, Zhang was – you know, he, he landed – actually did land a nice right hook in there, but a few really nice left hands to open the, up the round, to open up the fight. Um, probably midway through the 12th – or 12th, 2nd um, – Big left hand landed. Um, now, you did kind of see Joyce land some jabs. He responded with the right hand. But, I don't know, his shots weren't that effective early. You could see Joyce kind of picked up the pace some. He started to have some success more. Um, that's not to say Zong didn't have success in that third round. Um, fourth round. There was like a, a late stretch in that fourth round with right hooks and especially left hands. And you could see the swelling starting to really build up on that uh, eye of Joyce, uh, bloody nose. Just, I don't know. Uh, Joyce was starting to pick up the pace, though, the busy work in the fifth round. Um, and then right, what was it, right? The start of the sixth round, the the referee uh, had the, the, the doctor – ringside check out the guy then they started the round took some more left hands um and then they stopped it after that and um you know the eye was clearly shut 
some people said, well, he should have, you know, been allowed to go. And it's like, he didn't seem to have much a problem with it. Um, clearly it wasn't going to get any better. I mean, they didn't even finish the sixth round. Um, and like I said, I, I really think the way Joyce started, whether he was trying to use some angles, trying to use a little bit of movement, just trying to mix it up a little bit. Obviously, he was probably wary of that left hand, but he wasn't able to do what he normally does, um, whether it's seek and destroy. But like I said, that he's just active. He, the activity wasn't there. Of course, he was going to exchange. And, and like I said, for a while in the fight, you know, get the worst of the action. That's happened plenty of times. So it's really not that crazy for him to get – I mean, he always gets hit a lot. That's been the ongoing thing. But he did kind of mess around the combination of his weight, um, of some of the movement without the activity, not able to use, you know use that jab effectively. Maybe Zhang's just got his number with his left hand and he can just counter over it. But with the southpaw to not establish the jab, which like I said, you can get countered and everything, but that jab and then eventually the right hand, it's just, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be more active, you know, and you gotta push, you know, you can't, I don't know. It it just didn't seem like he was fighting in his normal style. And if you were going to try to tweak your, you know, your game plan, it probably should have happened quite a while ago. It shouldn't be at this level. We knew this was a solid opponent. Not many of us thought he'd actually lose this fight, but we knew it was solid. We all gave him credit for uh, taking on, you know, uh, a, a guy with power, a guy that, you know, we assumed it would be an all-action fight. Uh, just a, a fun fight instead of just like a placeholder-type fight that, you know, he's just going to knock some guy out in four rounds and then try to get his uh, mandatory pressed, you know. But uh, Zong, man, he, he he fought really wonderfully. Now, he even, he even looked like he was starting to tire a little bit. Um, and it's not like it was five to one, or well, I suppose you can't, well, yeah, you can't even really score the last round. It doesn't really matter because the fight got stopped. But it wasn't like Joyce win any rounds or anything like that. Um, and like I said, the fourth, he started to pick it up in the fifth. You know, he was definitely the busier of the two starting to get going. Um, but yeah, I think he should have just done that from jump. It's nice to use some angles. It's nice to move your feet a little bit. Um, but like I said, I think you could have developed that. I don't know if you would ever develop it where it's effective, but this level in this fight in particular wasn't necessarily a good testing ground. It's almost like, well, let me try something different. And clearly there was something behind it because the guy lost a lot of weight. Like he didn't, like I said, he didn't just trim off a couple. He's going to lean down and lose six pounds or something, you know? And so to me, that says he wanted to move more. He wanted to, I don't know. I mean, the guy has a great work rate already. So did we always see Joe Joyce? gas like halfway through the fight no that's when he starts to wear down his opponent so the weight was kind of an eye-opener right or I shouldn't say kind of it was but then the style in which he fought it just didn't make sense 
in this fight. Like I said, you can have the debate of should he have developed over the last few years, and when he's in there with a less dangerous, you know, opponent, tried out different stuff. And I'm not saying he's never not moved around or used some angles. I'm not talking about moving on the outside, you know. I'm just talking about, like, you know, on his back foot or on his bike or anything like that. But clearly he wanted to use some sort of angles, stay around, you know, definitely in the pocket and all that, but and inside, but it just didn't – he needed to push him back, and that was going to take some counters. And maybe, you know, him getting hit with that left hand and buzzed early, even though he responded, you know, maybe that had him tentative. But like I said, it's not that tentative because – he picked it up. So, I don't know. The, the rematch is a really interesting um, dilemma. You know, at this age, do you sit there and go back to the drawing board and take a fight or two before you do the rematch? Probably not. It's too late to change anything. I wouldn't even go drastically, you know. And I think he did change his weight drastically. Um and when you're going against a big dude, why lose weight? Now, I could see, you know, the opposite, like Wilder being in the, you know, two teens, like 217, and then putting on some weight for the rematch. And then some people thought, you know, he, he should probably, because of the style of how that second fight went against Fury, how he was getting roughed up, he was getting bodied, he was getting bullied, he was, you know, he was... Fury was definitely using his body and his strength and his size on him in that second fight, whereas he didn't do that in the first. So I could see, and plenty of people, by the way, said you need to keep gaining weight, right? So I could see that mentality. Now, the second fight, sure, he got rough, or the third fight, he got roughed up more, but it was more in the middle of the ring. He was pushing back. He was using his jab. Ultimately, he put too much weight on, not to say he would have won the fight, but I'm saying clearly that gasses you as well. But in this one, to lose weight, that much weight, it's like you already had a good work rate. So I don't know why you're losing that much weight, um, especially against a dangerous opponent like this, you know? So uh, anyway, um, I'm really lost right now and on the fence how this rematch should go or how it will go. I got to admit, I really am. We are going to get a little bit deeper into our preview in X's and O's and and predictions and whatnot for the weekend. Big, big fight coming up. So go ahead and bring in John right now and let's get his take from what happened in the uh, fight last weekend. And then, of course, we'll talk about what's going on this weekend. What's going on, John? How you doing? Chris, how's it going? Uh, Of course, uh that was a very interesting fight last week with Zion and Joyce. Uh, it was uh, interesting hearing, hearing your breakdown, um, you know, agreed with a lot of the things you said. And it was an interesting fight going in because of the power and strength of both guys. And it proved, it proved to be um, Zion showed that those flashes that he had against Forrest and Hergovic were real. Um, he showed it right off the bat in the first and second round. And, you know, a little bit of a hindsight, but it's not complete hindsight. Um, I think, you know, we kind of get the feeling we knew what 
Joyce wanted to do and what the game plan was. Um, you heard Salas in the corner. Uh, you know, he's been working with Salas and, uh, you know, definitely a, a, a guy who's proven he's a top trainer. I think the advice was pretty good, but, you know, and what I liked about Salas's advice, and this is going to be important as it was my breakdown of it, was, you know, the, the, plan, the plan was sound. I mean, there's, there's no doubt when you look at Zhang's forest and, look, you know, fighters, I'm not saying some things didn't happen, but, you know, there, there's always post-fight excuses and reasoning, you know, dehydration and kidney problems and whatever that was or, or wasn't, or, or even, even if it all was, we, we saw a guy that got, was big and strong in Zong, but just got unbelievably exhausted. I mean, just unbelievably exhausted in the closing stages of the fights against Forrest and uh, Hergovic. So I think that was certainly Joyce and Salas' plan. And like you talked about, a lot of people did post-fight and some pre-fight, but it it was a good point. I mean, he had his weight down. I think what they figured was, look, we, we – and, and this really wasn't necessarily wrong. They figured – we go to the second half of the fight against this guy, and this guy's done. Now, I did right. say this right after the fight, and I thought this as soon as the fight started, too. I did. Um, to me, in the first two rounds, Zhang came right out, and he, he's a big, strong guy. And you did see in the, the fight with Forrest and Hergovic, when this dude is not gassed, this guy's just size and thunder is going to hurt anybody. And he unloaded on Joyce right off the bat. And I actually don't even think it was necessarily mental intimidation with Joyce. I, I think, you know, we never know. We're not inside the fighter's body. And, you know, Zhang, you know, guy's what, 6'6", 270 with that power. And he, did, he does have amateur pedigree as well. So it's not like he doesn't have a delivery system when he's not gassed. Now, when he's gassed, he's got nothing. But so he, he unloaded on Joyce right off the bat. And we don't know what's in a fighter's body. You get rattled. You can get foggy. You know, we, we talked about, you know, Joey Spencer getting caught against Ramos in that first round. There's there's plenty of examples that, you know, when a guy gets up or, or when a guy's buckled, even if he doesn't go down like Joyce in this fight, you know, you don't know what the effects are are on him. Um, you know, I, I think I remember Tyson saying, I think he was saying correctly, you know, in, in the first Holyfield fight, um, you know, when he when he got nailed early, he, he wasn't really remembering too much the rest of the fight after that. And I, I think a lot of times that kind of a thing is true. I mean, you know, your brain's concussed. So what I'm focusing on is I think Joyce and Salas thought we just got to take this guy to the second half. But for is when this dude is not gassed, he's going to hurt you. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's going to hurt you. And I, I think it's like you were saying, you know, like with Joyce with the work rate and he did have the weight down, weight down. But you gotta, you gotta, you had to work this guy right off the bat. I mean, he, he, I think he gasses quick. I mean, in other words, I don't think it takes a lot of high rate pressure to get him gas, like you said. Yeah, you don't have to work the body for four to six rounds or something like that. (laughs) Right, you just gotta get this dude. You have to hit him on the hip. You just hope he stops moving or something. Right, like in other words. He's dangerous when he's throwing back at you, but but if you get the guy exchanging, I mean, he he gets he gets tired. I mean, he gets tired real quick. And I think the stoppage was good. I actually think Joyce was done. And, you know, then you go to the sixth. But I want to then pick up on your point. 
and Salas was saying it like a round before. I mean, I, I do think I think the stoppage was good. I think George was done, but I think Zhang was very capable of gassing at any moment. You know, I mean, because Salas was saying around the fourth and the fifth, this guy's going to gas out. All you got to do is keep doing something. I think that was right, but I think what I, I think it was beyond even the eye. I mean, the eye ended up being the decisive moment that ended. But I think the damage, first of all, I think it was two things. The damage Joyce took very early, right in the first and second round, led to the eye swelling up. And I think outside of the eye even swelling up, I mean, remember, he was staggered. He was staggered. I, I think, you know, he was taking shots from such a big guy. And you saw Hergovic damaged like that through the course of that fight. When this dude, you know, if he has a moment, he's not gassed and he unloads on you. I mean, he just froze Hergovic on, on multiple occasions. The guy was out on the feet. So I thought Joyce had one of those moments early. Um, and he I don't know how did. much he – yeah, I don't know how – my feeling kind of was I'm not sure how much he, he recovered from that because, as you said and other people mentioned, I don't think it was – you know, he is a guy getting older, but I think – you know, when then the punches weren't quite as effective as he's been throwing them lately. I just think it was one of those deals where guy got nailed early, then the eye just wasn't himself. Because he did try to pick it up. The heart was there. But, he, you know, Zong was getting confident then. He, he knows he damaged him. Then he could see the eye. Then he was picking the spots to unload. You know, I think you mentioned the jab issue other people have. It's some guys can do it, but that's the thing when you're fighting a southpaw and you're a righty. It's it's difficult even for a very good jabbing right-hander to go in against a southpaw and say, I'm just going to work my jab. I mean, it can be done. It's very difficult to do. And I think Joyce probably was thinking he was going to do some of that too, and I agree with you. That really didn't come to fruition in that fight. He did pick up the pace some, but the damage he usually does when he's picking up the pace did not in this fight seem to be – as much in his other fights. And, and I think that the, it was that the guy got damaged early with getting rocked and the eye, and he couldn't pick it up with the same authority. The corner strategy was right, pick it up on this guy, he's going to gas. And he would have, but Joyce didn't survive to that point. Uh, I think the stoppage was okay. I thought a little bit more a couple of days after the fight. I have to give him a little more credit because we've seen a lot of fighters do this. You know, he, he could have gotten the answer wrong intentionally when the doctor was holding the fingers up on a couple occasions. He didn't. Um, you know, he, he also could have said, I can't see. We've seen fighters. do And, you know, may very well be true, but let's face it, whether you can or not, you say you can't see, you, you know as a fighter they're stopping the fight. So he didn't do that. Um, I do think the body language before he came out in the last round, he looked like he might know he was about done. I, I, I was reading that in him, but I still – couple days later thinking you got to give the guy a lot of credit though with a big puncher like that he, he didn't quit I mean he didn't end up quitting I mean he he did keep going and look you know you get damaged you want to fight another day it was one of those cut kind of fights but I thought he was done when they stopped it I thought it was a, a, a small minority but they were out there saying oh this is the way the guy fights you know and Zong gets tired but at that moment I, I just did think Joyce was done I mean he wasn't stopping that big left at all the eye was, you know, it, it looked closed. He was still giving the doctor the right answers, but it looked pretty much closed. He was he was getting hit at will. And Zong was, like, picking a spot there. He, he knows he gasses some, but, you know, he, he was give, giving a little flurry of those big bombs, then stopping, you know, catching his breath. Like, in other words, Joyce wasn't effective enough to make him work enough. And 
I think if there's a rematch, I agree with you. I thought about this going back and forth too as well, but Joyce at his age, even though he could wait for Zong to get a little older, I mean, that's the thing when you're a guy turning pro as late as somebody like Joyce, you just don't have the time. I mean, you know, he's got to move, so sure there's going to be risk to it, but people want to see it at this point. I think it's a pretty pretty big money fight wherever they have it. Might as well might as well go with the rematch now. He was talking like he wasn't going to do that, but I think they might have to rethink it. I remember Kovalev doing that with Alvarez when he got stopped. He got McGurd in, and that was the right move. I don't think Joyce changed, but I think they're going to have to start quicker in the rematch, and they're going to have to get Zong. You know, it's risky when he's throwing those bombs at you, but they're going to have to get him to work hard early. And, and just get the dude running out of gas right off the bat and hope Joyce doesn't get, get damaged, you know, get, get tight on him and, and not take as much damage and then start doing the high work rate. And, and you know, this, this guy is going to gas. I mean, as well as he fought in this fight, and he did great. I'm with everybody else there. Great performance by Zong. Um, I was shocked to see he was living in New Jersey. I, I got to say I didn't realize that. Then I followed up on that afterward, and some people are real knowledgeable, like, Joe Corpus said he saw him around. He's at the fight. He's been sparring with Valen. I know Valen trains in New York, and uh, the guy apparently has just been totally, totally committed. You know, we didn't we didn't hear that much about that pre-fight. That that would have been something interesting to hear. So I think Zong's on a roll in that sense. You know, he he's in the U.S. He's training. He's around at all. He's you know going to be forty years old, but he's totally committed. So. Uh, you, you know, the guy is a player now. You, can't, you know, that, he can hurt anybody. I mean, he's entertaining, um, too, even before and after the fight. Very entertaining guy. <laughs> very entertaining guy. Uh, you know, very you know, the kind of guy you want to see. And, and he's not, you, you know, he has that amateur pedigree. He's, he's not a chump in terms of, you know, unskilled, doesn't have much of a pedigree. So that's like an X factor with him, too. This guy's an Olympic silver medalist. Um, you know, it's not like you can say he's power only. I mean, he's power only, but he's got enough background where you know the guy knows how to fight. So he's got to move. Now he's got to move quickly too, even though he performed very well and he clearly won this one in you know exciting and decisive fashion. Because I do think Joyce was done in this fight. Uh, he's got to. You can't then mistake that with he's got all this time. You know, he's got to move quickly too. So. You know, if I were him and his team, I mean, I'm thinking if he's living in New Jersey, New York, I mean, you, you know, you have the possibility, of course, of a mayor being big in China. But also, look, you know, you're in a big metro area, biggest city in the U.S. with uh, boxing tradition. Um, you know, he, he really should think about maybe, you know, in this rematch, can he get that fight there? I mean, you know, this is a fight that even though it's a, a British guy and a, and a Chinese guy living in the United States, um, you know, entertaining fight, big heavyweight. You know, you could sell it. I mean, I, I think at this point you you could sell that fight in the U.S. Um, we'll we'll see what they do, but uh, it it would be an interesting rematch. You know, one thing, and I said this before the fact, Chris, because we talked about this on the podcast, so you know, you remember it specifically. You know, it was only a couple, but these these clowns coming out of the woodwork, like Anthony Joshua, won this fight. Saturday when Zong got a right. We see this a lot. I mean, look. First, let's clarify. I don't know if these people are just stupid, intentionally misinterpret comments, or a combination of both. But 
again, we got let's just make it because I'm not backing off on this at all. I mean, because I think even in the law Saturday, you saw it. I mean, there's intangibles that Joe Joyce has shown and has that Anthony Joshua does not have. Let's talk about the stamina, the chin, and the aggressiveness. It's not that any of that was not there Saturday, even though Joyce lost. And if you compare that with the way Anthony Joshua fought against Jermaine Franklin, who now over two fights with White and Joshua has shown for a heavyweight, he can't crack. I mean, that's clear. Um, You know, a guy that Joshua had a significant size advantage over, I mean, come on. You know, that, that, that doesn't change any of that just because Joe Joyce lost the fight. Um, I don't think, you know, and I'm not really, I don't seriously think Dylan White is particularly dangerous like that unless he just totally lands that wild left, which he does once in a while, but hard for him to do against better fighters and, and whatever he had, he's on the downside. He's been knocked out a lot. Like, if Joshua, I think he probably fights White next, and I'm not going to consider that he's in a real danger fight there in terms of White's power, even though White has some power with that wild left. Um, outside of that opponent, I don't, I don't think Hearn's going to be throwing Joshua in with any punchers in the near future. Um, so, you know, if we see that and Joshua withstands it the way he's been fighting, okay, let, let, let's see. But I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure we're going to be seeing that uh, in, in, in the near future. So, um, and who knows what happens in the Joyce Sang rematch. But let's, let's make it clear. Joe Joyce picked up a loss, and there are skills Anthony Joshua has that Joe Joyce doesn't have. Nobody said any differently. But Joyce has all those intangible factors that Joshua has looked shaky to any honest observer you know, in, re- in recent years. So uh, no- nothing changes about that. Um, so I just I just wanted to kind of close that one out with that. And then in the rematch, I mean, it, you know, he, like you said, he has to jump on him right away. He has to because he's already taken the shots anyway, so you might as well jump right. on him. And right. um, and he was his heaviest, right? Um, wasn't Zong his heaviest? I think by a little bit, or at least heavier than his last fight. And Joyce weighed yeah. in lighter than his, his lightest, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. And, Chris, you made a good point. You just reminded me of something I did want to point out, which is exactly right. Um, of course, it's not on that level. So, you know, you don't want to sound like some of these commentators in, in these fights we watch making these bad comparisons. But, look, it shocked everybody. It shocked me at the time. You, you never thought that Marvin Hagler was going to come at Thomas Hearns and push him back early. To wear him out, and you know, and Hagler take you know, took one of the greatest shots of all time. You could make an argument he took as good a shot as anybody of all time. You know, he he of course knew that. Um, took damage, got cut, but and Hearns gave it all he had. But you know, Hearns, Hearns wore out. Um, you know that right? It's that's that kind of thing we're talking about. Is that Joyce? Even though Zong gases, right? You got to you got to get on this guy push him, try to push him back some, make him work in the whole time until he just gasses out early. And, and you know, you're, just like you said correctly, you're, you're going to, you know, Joyce is not a defensive wizard. He's going to take shots anyway. So you, you might as well get this guy gassing from the opening bell. 
Yeah, I'm really intrigued in that rematch. I think it's a big, big fight. It just got that much bigger. And uh, it kind of makes sense for both of them if you look at their age. Like you said, they don't have a bunch of time. You know, it's, it's a crossroads fight if there ever was one. Um, and, you know, each of them only have one loss. So it, it, it's on paper, it doesn't seem fair that it's a crossroads fight. But, you know, father time waits for no one. Um, any other items from the weekend uh, that you'd like to cover? You want to just jump right into this uh, Davis Garcia? Yeah, I think that was just the highlight of the of the weekend, and it lived up to expectations, which is a good thing. I think you know we can we can get to the we can get to the big one this week. All right, and obviously you know this thing keeps gaining steam, um, especially on Twitter and YouTube. I think they've done a really good job. Uh, that way, I, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't know how they've been doing there. I've, I've heard mixed, mixed reviews there, or like Instagram, I'm not really on that whole a whole lot. Um, I know they did that. The custom, every couple times a year, you get the whole, let's bet our purses. You know, we're going to bet our purses on it, and it's just, which is just ridiculous. Anyway, it's, it's illegal, too. Like, technically speaking, isn't that illegal to bet someone? Uh, that kind of money, because isn't that a five or ten million? Let's just say I'll bet you five million. I, I believe that's illegal in the United States of America to bet someone like that. Anyway, matters the state probably, but I don't think you can make those bets actually doing it. Um, so I, it's people love it, fans love it. Oh my God, they're willing to do this, but that's all nonsense. It's kind of like uh, saying, you know, let's. Uh, like, I don't mind, like, a 40-40 and then 20 or maybe a 45-45 split for the money and then 10 is sitting there for the winner or something like that, like they do in the uh, the belt stuff once in a while, the mandatory stuff, when it's a vacant. You know, I don't mind that stuff, but the whole, you know, why don't we just say the winner gets that, you know, that much more money. To me, like, if it's a significant amount, it really doesn't line up because, you know, so what if you get screwed by the judges? Then you just are dumb to make that kind of decision, you know, in there. And, and so it just never, but I, but I think it drew attention to it. And that's what their whole point is. They're going to bet their purses and they made a better and all that stuff. But um, either way, we got a lot of hand speed in the ring. We have a lot of power. Both guys jab. It's just a matter of how they do it. Um, we got a guy defensively and more of an all around, Brown fighter. I'm not going to call Gervonta a defensive wizardry, wizardry, but you know he, he can defend himself, and a lot of it is some of it's upper body movement and head movement and whatnot. Maybe a high guard, but a lot of it is just his, you know, his feet and him moving on the outside and setting traps, baiting opponents, um, and that type of thing. Whereas Garcia, a lot of times, will come up with that jab. Will try to go with the left hook to the body. A lot of lead left hooks. A lot of these guys he doesn't really show a ton of respect for, and he'll just go and try to just work them to death and knock them out. Um, it, it cost him in some fights early in his career a little bit, and you know some close fights that are, I thought were really good developmental fights. And obviously, you know Campbell, who hasn't showed a lot of power as a pro or didn't, he's retired now, um, knocked him down. Now, to his credit, Ryan Garcia got up, but. Um, it's just an interesting matchup, especially like the first handful of rounds compared to the last handful of rounds, I guess you could say, no matter if this goes the distance or not. 
Um, it's a good style matchup. Obviously, you know, the chin in the air, the lack of defense, even for Garcia, that is. Even like when he, he'll post, John, these, uh, these videos where he's hitting the heavy bag really hard or whatever. And you can even see him making that air right there where his hand placement is and that type of thing. So it's one of those edgier seat type fights. I don't think it'll pop off from the jump. I don't think we'll see Ryan Garcia be overly aggressive. I think he will respect his uh, Davis's power. And Gervonta's, you know, come out and said that, that I, I'm not going to sit here and try to, you know, it's a different style. He even said, you know, compared to a fight with Haney, or I think he even mentioned Stevenson, but compared to a fight with Haney where I would go seek and destroy and go at him and try to take him out and not, you know, sit there and get out of a box, you know, in the middle of the ring, with some distance, with a smart jab, not just throwing a bunch of lead left hooks, disguising the left hook. Uh, Ryan Garcia, I do think, will come out patient. I think both of them will come out patient. And I actually think it'll be right in between chess and checkers. I'm not going to say it's just going to be a skill fest the whole time or nothing like that, and both fighters will be moving all around the ring and whatnot. But I do think Gervonta will be more... um, patient he has a track record of losing rounds um in the early goings to try to figure out his uh, opponent and then end the show now you don't want to go too far with that style you don't want to be entering the eighth and ninth round too far down on the on the cards uh but yeah that that jab is going to be really important for both fighters but especially ryan garcia Break this one down for us and, and, and definitely, obviously, predict it as well. It's an interesting style, and it's, it's guys, you know, it, it's got, like, I, the title of my prediction blog is going to be Leaders of the New School because this is uh, both of them are in their 20s, both undefeated, a lot of power, a lot of, you know, a lot of fans. So um, this thing's already a top 10 gate all-time in Vegas. So that means it's at least $15 million and above. What are your thoughts here, uh, you know, sitting here on a Wednesday midweek hump day? Well, first, Chris, uh, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna definitely looking forward to breaking it down, and I'm going to do that. But start where you did with the out-of-the-ring stuff that's important with this fight because of just in boxing in general, some of the, some of the numbers fading. You can look at bright spots here or there, but, but you still have that that general fade that's really been going on for decades. And, and as fans of the sport, I think if you're being honest with yourself, most of us are. Some try to say they don't care, but I've never really believed that. Um, you know, you, you want to see the sport do well and, and keep going. So it's important in that sense. And it is new school in the sense of these are, in terms of, you know, outside of a Jake Paul these are the first guys who, who really have more significant social media following. I thought it is an important issue for this fight for these kind of reasons. So I did check before we got on today where it stands right now, at least on Instagram. Garcia has 9.5 million followers and, and Tank has 4.6 million. Now Tank's already been fighting on pay-per-views and, you know, it's been a little bit mysterious because, you know, the numbers aren't really coming out and you know you and I both agree they can't be that bad or they they wouldn't keep going out there and having tank pay-per-views yet we also I think agree that if they were blockbusters that news would probably be getting out there um 
Garcia, who's been on a Gatorade commercial, he's got 9.5 million followers on Instagram, but he's never had a pay-per-view. And we can kind of do the, the same thing. I mean, the Zone's been running some lesser pay-per-views. Uh, they hadn't gone with Garcia pay-per-view until, ironically, he's in a joint pay-per-view now with PBC and Showtime. Um, so, you know, you want to say, oh, not, and, you know, like you said, you know, TikTok, of course, is huge. Uh, I'm not on TikTok either. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying that's not a big factor, but I, I just figured let me check the Instagram today before we got on, see where we stand right now. I did see both guys on Instagram, you know, kind of trending in the sense that they, they were they were coming up in the mentions and the searches. I was checking all that. That's a good sign. But still, um, they've had those numbers. You know, this is the other side of the coin, though. They've had those numbers before today. Um, and, you know, tanks on pay-per-view – I, I think it'd be fair to say it's a mixed bag because he's, he's good enough to be on there, but yet we're not hearing blockbuster numbers. You, you really don't sense that. So, um, and Garcia hasn't at all, despite he's on a Gatorade commercial and he's got $9.5 million Instagram followers. So I think the key here on the out of the ring is this is the new school. You do have to look at that. I look at it. I mean, I, I don't, like when these old timers or OGs try to disregard everything new and say it doesn't matter, I don't care about it. I, that's all nonsense. You got advanced in life if you're going to be around, I think. So matters to me. Um, I've been watching the sport for a long time, and I think what I'm looking to see then is so, you know, from a business perspective, this is the real test though. Now, two of these guys are fighting each other, and and, and this is what the people in the business are going to ultimately care about. What percentage of all those followers is willing to buy an eighty four ninety nine pay per view? It really does come down to that. I think you're right about the gate. You know, you've got the old Vegas gamblers who like the atmosphere. That's why the site fees are high. I think that'll be an exciting atmosphere. I saw somebody pointed out, and and I I have been fortunate to go to a lot of big fights in Vegas in my lifetime, and it's true. Like the MGM lobby bar probably will be the place to, to see everybody. Everybody in box. One hundred percent. Yeah, celebrities will be walking on through. You know, you've got you've. It's no exaggeration. I mean, you've got high stakes gamblers that fly in from Japan, all over the world, to stay there for a few days. No exaggeration whatsoever. I think you know when you get a fight like this, it's big enough. You're going to get all that, but that's still not the pay per view numbers. The how many people are going to see it. I got to see in this one or get credible numbers. What percentage of all, you know, these two social media guys who are boxers are fighting. What, what percentage is that going to convert into pay-per-view sales? Because if it doesn't, then it doesn't mean these guys, they still have their followings, but the, then the model's not, you know, the pay-per-view model's not working. You know, it's just not working anymore. And, and on the other side of the coin, you know, no pun intended, let's say, you know, all of a sudden, maybe you get like a miraculous type number for boxing pay-per-view, maybe something we didn't see at all. I'm not predicting this, but like, you know, because they had so many Instagram and social media followers, you know, they, they, they just get a certain percentage, but then that converts into some number, you know, in the mil- over a million. Uh, then all of a sudden, we're into a big new era here, and that, w- that would be exciting. So that's the business part. Now, you know, in, in the ring – I'm looking at a lot of the same things you are, um, see ways both guys can win. You know, some people 
and, and you know, Garcia started off as a little bit more of an underdog than I expected. There are people saying they can't see him winning. I, I, I don't, I don't see that. Um, I, I, I think both guys can win. I, I'm leaning. I'm leaning. I'm going to say here. I want to see the weigh-in, but I am leaning Garcia. It's been a tough one for me to call, but I'm leaning Garcia. And I think it's this that when one guy's skilled and the other guy isn't, you know, size doesn't matter that much, or if the big guy is just a puncher, there's nothing else. But you know, we have seen this trend lately. Um, you know, when, when you've got a guy that's big that can box and a guy that's small that can box, the guy that's small that can box has a lot of trouble. Now. You know, Tank's got the power too, but th- but that's when you're down to kind of like what you're saying, Chris. When when he he's been waiting in fights, and it's just can he land one shot? Now I'm looking at the same thing you are, Garcia, with the chin up in the air at times, um, getting dropped by Campbell. Who I'm with you. I don't. I never considered Campbell a big puncher. He wasn't against any of his better opposition. Now he kind of landed the perfect shot on Garcia. I think you can say that, but still. We know Tank Davis is a huge puncher. That's totally legit. Um, and he's fully capable it, of landing that perfect shot. Right. He's, he's, got, he's got an accurate delivery system. He's extremely accurate. There's some things I like punch stat numbers. I like it for things like that. He, he, he's got the power, and he's accurate, and he's got the speed. He can definitely land that shot on Ryan Garcia and take him out. I mean, that, that can happen. But I think – like you said, he, he tends to wait. Now, one thing that the punch stat numbers prove out that you were right about that I thought with the naked eye was more of a show, but it wasn't, is that when when Tank's been boxing early in a lot of these more recent fights, um, I thought it was kind of a show, and, and, you know, he wasn't landing that much, really, when he boxes. But in the plus-minus numbers, the punch stats show he's near the top, so he doesn't get hit. So now Garcia is going to be arguably the best fighter he's fought and vice versa. Certainly tanks going to be the best guy that Garcia's fought, but you know, at least to get to he's fought up to this point, tank really doesn't get hit that much. He's cautious. He's accurate. He doesn't get hit. But then that goes into what I see, what you saw. I think, I don't think Ryan Garcia is going to be reckless, but he can box. You know, he's got amateur pedigree. You know, this guy, you know, beat Haney in the June, you know, you know, they, they had beaten each other, but he, I've mentioned a lot of times because on YouTube, you know, Charleston, West Virginia at the junior championships, he beat Devin Haney. I mean, the guy, the guy can box, you know, he's got speed and power and he can box. So, you know, this isn't a case where, you know, he's going to be some guy that when the actions may be a little slower that he can't box with tank. He can. And I, I think, that is going to happen, and I think Tank's going to be losing rounds. Um, I'm with you. I think I don't think Tank makes those changes in this fight, and I think he's probably going to be down in rounds. Now he could always land that one bomb, but I'm thinking Garcia is probably skilled enough that he doesn't land the bomb. And I think on the converse, I think with a speedy, skilled boxer who's much bigger than him, like Garcia, I also think that. You know, so far at this point, Tank's chin, he, he hasn't been down. And, you know, you haven't really seen him hurt. So you've got to give him a little edge there. But I do think Garcia is fast and hits hard enough that he could drop Tank, you know, during these slower moments, just like Tank could drop him. I don't think that's a one-way street in this fight. Um, even though Tank's cautious, he's smaller. I think it will be a mistake if, if he tries to box Garcia on the outside, waiting to land that bomb. And I think that's what he's going to do. And I think that's where Garcia has an edge that he's going to be winning rounds unless he gets caught. 
I think he'll be winning rounds, and I think he's got a chance to drop Tank as well. Um, yeah, a, a, a decent chance. Now, I think the one X factor to me in the fight is most fighters nowadays don't want to fight this way, and Tank usually hasn't been doing it, but it, it gets to like what you said. I don't think he'll do it either, but if you want to look at something devastating, late in that fight against Barrios, when Tank took his boxing skills and head movement and used it in an advancing fashion to get inside and land bombs, that's a devastating package because, you know, he's only 5'5", five five, but when he does that, then it fits more to, you know, that, that lack of size that he has, but he's still got the quick head movement and he has some boxing skills. So, you know, you never know. You know, we can be surprised in fights. Like just talked about Hagler Hearns, a big fight that was a tactical surprise. That, that to me would be the one X factor. You know, if Tank comes out and he moves forward with head movement and boxing skill and tries to get in on Garcia and start using his speed and power, I think he's capable of blitzing him. I don't think he's going to do it. I just think he's been out of that mode. He hasn't been thrown at a high volume. His volume's been dropping, and I just don't think he's going to do it. But I can't say he's incapable of doing it. Um, I think you got to watch, too, you know, at, at lightweight. Yeah, because that was like, his old style, really, you know. It, right, that was right. More that was his old style. style. For like five, six, seven fights ago. And I think at age 28, he's probably, as a lightweight, he's probably nearing the end of when he would be able to do that too. But I, I wouldn't count out – this is when I do think of some great fights and just some things like this you want to look at. Like, But it was moving up to welterweight. To me, that's the difference because then some of the speed carries more. When Duran beat Leonard in the first fight and he put pressure on him, he was 29, I believe. So, you know, and he had, you know, of course – made his name and, and already had it. He was he was already a Hall of Famer as a lightweight before he even had that fight. Um, so, you know, that that's how much he had done there. Um, yeah, he was like so, 70 or 80 fights in, right? Something like that. Yeah, he was 71-1 uh, and one going into the fight. 71-1 going into right. the fight. So, yeah, different And he era, knocked the you know, dude out, fought. but once or twice, the guy he lost to, something like that. Right, right. You know, so you, you – you know, you yeah, he had avenged the one loss to, to Jesus. And, you know, he had a lot of fights. It was a different era, and that is different. Guys were peaking earlier. But I still do think when you get to a lower weight, like lightweight at 28, people aren't looking at that at all. I think you do have to look at that with Tank a little bit. Um, I'm not saying he's going to lose it, but just what you said, like if he wanted to or the moment comes, you know, can he put that pressure on at age 28 at lightweight like he did earlier in the career? I would think at 28 he might still be able to do it, but I think he's too far out of it. I, I loved it when I saw that late against Barry. So I was like, man, this is a devastating dude, you know, when he puts that boxing skill to use like that to, to actually come forward on a bigger guy and, and get in on him. And it, that was extremely impressive, but – you know, we know Garcia is better than Barrios. I mean, that's that's just fair. And, and Barrios had started out at lower weights. You know, Garcia was at 130. But, you know, he's basically been a lightweight. And he, he's about to probably go beyond this weight. You know, both guys have had moments in their career, you know, where you wondered about the weight, the making the weight. Um, that's a factor here. That's a big one here. So this is one of those fights. We do have to look for anything unusual at the weigh-in, and this fight might be close enough to me where that could swing it. Like if you know one guy's over and he's got to struggle to make it, that type of thing. I, to me, this is tight enough, even though Javante is a solid favorite. That that could swing. 
that could swing something. But it definitely has come down but, too. I think it's a yeah. plus one eighty eight on my bookie. Last time I checked, has been com- I've seen it come down this week some. Yeah, uh, you know, yep. I was surprised that Tank was as big a favorite as he was, but then this week it's kind of come down. Um, yeah, I, I do think that there's a, there's a, a bit of value in Garcia. Now, look, he could get caught with that chin up. You know, Tank's got the delivery system, the speed, the power. You know, and and that could happen. It, right. it could happen. So, you know, this is where this is a tricky one. But I I'm banking on. You know, Garcia's got enough pedigree. He's fast enough that, you know, starts jabbing. Build up that lead. Build up that lead, right, and maybe be careful enough. And, and, you know, it's not like he's a guy that's not quick enough and powerful enough to also drop Tank during those kind of lulls, if you want to call them that, uh, when Tank's Tanks So, um, and, you know, we do know Tank has been in recent fights. He's been giving away rounds. I mean, it it, it seems to be something. He's in, and the punch stats do also back that up. You know, he he's low volume. He he's low volume at this stage. That just you know isn't a doubt. I mean, um, but his boxing skill to be more effective um, than I thought. He he's not getting hit. He's not getting hit either. So um, can he do that against Garcia? See, I think that's a tough assignment. Even though as good as Tank is, that five five, you know, a little over right. five five, a guy as big as Garcia to box him on the outside and not take anything. I think that's going to be tough. And that's where I think Garcia's – I think size matters in this one. And I think Garcia's got the, got the advantage there because he's got enough skill with that size and, and, and power. That that's where I'm, I'm giving him a, a, just a little bit of an edge here in this one. That, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. And then what are we talking? Scorecard, late knockout? What are, what are we talking about I as far as how, how I, you think it's going to go? Going back and- I end up going back over and under. What, what do you think here? I, I'm I'm leaning though now a little more to scorecards than I was earlier because I'm thinking, you know, Tank's shown a good chin and he, he has shown that he can at least defend. So it might be hard for him to take rounds, but you know, I, I'm thinking maybe like he waits too long, he doesn't get the bomb in, um, you know, he's he's kept on the outside and he's just losing rounds. And then I, I do kind of see a scenario, though, where I actually then see, like, with keeping him on the outside and Garcia's speed and power, that maybe Garcia flashes one in and drops him for maybe a quick knockdown or something like that, but um, isn't sure. able to finish. I, I kind of think that's the way I see it going now, and that maybe, you know, Tank's looking for that one bomb. Maybe Maybe he staggers Garcia once or something like that, but – it's hard to go into a fight and just just look for one bomb. And I do think that Tank has kind of gotten into that mode. And with a guy this big who's who from on the outside, unless that's my X factor, unless Tank cranks it up, fights like he did late against Barrios, uses that boxing skill to make a miss and come in, that's my X factor. Then Tank could could maybe devastate him with a different type of approach, but I don't think he's going to do that. I mean, I, I, I actually don't think he's going to do that. So my scenario is Tank's not going to do that. He's going to try to box him from the outside like he's been doing, and that's not going to be enough against a guy this big and this fast who's only 24 years old. There you have it. Any other items you'd like to uh, talk about before we get you out of here? I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, calling in on a on a random afternoon or whatnot. 
No, no problem, Chris. Thanks for having me, as always, especially on a big week. And, yeah, I do want to just mention real briefly because I think it's under the radar, so I want to mention it. You know, not a good card this week, but and, – and they're still not the best – not good matchups really necessarily in terms of who's going to – doubt about who's going to win on paper. But for who they are, I think these guys have been too much under the radar. You know, Elijah Garcia is on the undercard this week. Um, he's fighting Salgado. Um, Salgado's proven to be durable. You know, had a draw with Perella. Oh, Perella can punch. And, uh, you know, yeah. Spencer's top. He uh, was outboxed cleanly, but went the distance with Spencer. Um, Salgado doesn't Getting look like Getting back in the ring pretty punch. quick, too, you know, against a real pretty fighter. Kid, only 19 years old, with the explosive performance against the tough Vidal, who was a dangerous opponent, um, blasting him out of there. Um, the middleweight's one of the weakest divisions in boxing right now, even though it's one of the most traditional and one of the uh, original glamour divisions always kind of considered right after heavyweight. Um, you know, Garcia is one of the guys that should be already, already at 19 and after one big performance, he should be on everybody's radar for that. Those reasons, they should be looking at him closely. And because of the weakness of the division, to me, he should be already considered uh, legit top 10. That's been my position in transnational. Nobody's been backing me up. I'll freely say that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. And the other guy who I feel the exact same about that you did like as well, Theodore Shazurkin is also lower on the undercard, fighting a guy who's not on his level. But another guy who, again, he's a middleweight in that division with the, the skills that he showed against Nate Gallimore, who always comes to fight and can upset anybody who's not ready because he's got the chin and some pop and good size for middleweight or 154, he just gave Nate Gallimore a beating. Um, Didn't stop him, but just beat him up the whole way. Again, in this division, to me, that was enough. I mean, you got to look at Shazurkin and say, this guy's a legit top 10. Again, I've taken that position in transnational. Nobody's really agreed. I think you, I, I am pouring people to PBC's got these guys. You know, it doesn't matter who they're, who they're with, but I mean, you gotta you gotta look at these guys because this is going to be PBC making a, a future middleweight move, having having two guys like this, um, and that division is so wide open. I mean, look, Golovkin's done there. You got people, you know, looking at him as the number one guy with Jamal Charlo not fighting, and Golovkin's forty one years old, just got thoroughly dominated by Canelo at 168, and, and we don't even know if he's got a fight scheduled. I mean, this is, this is wide, you know, this is wide open. So take a real, with not much else to look at Saturday night outside the main event, I say take a look at these two guys uh, if you're going to be looking at other things. Oh, and just because it is a good fight, as I wrap up, uh, the Cordina Rock him yeah. is a good fight. Uh, I do like Cordina in that one. I think he's too big of a favorite, but he's shown skill, speed, and power. And I think Rakamov has been overrated in his performances. So I do like Cordina, but if you want to look at the betting angles, I, I think he's too big of a favorite for that fight. So I'm not saying go put your money on that one, but I do like him better than Rakamov. I think Cordina's convinced me he, he's got some some pop and some speed and skill there. So I like him to win the fight, but I don't like the price. All right, there we have it. Uh, appreciate it, John, and we'll talk to you next week. You have a good uh, afternoon. Oh, thanks for having me, as always.
Take it easy. Take care. All righty. So, um, and I, it's been a lot more split than I've seen in the last maybe week or two. I have seen some people that I definitely respect. I had some conversations um, either directly or, or even, you know, messaging back and forth a little bit um, about this fight and, and people picking Ryan Garcia. I have, like I said, seen those odd shrinks. I did, for the record, when it was wider, get some plus money, um, plus what was it, 255 or 250, something like that. I can't remember the exact number. I'd have to go check real quick. But, you know, even I'm, like I said just a second ago, my bookie, you know, had it had him at plus 188. I haven't checked today, but I think I checked last night or the day before. And uh, it's definitely tightened up. You have plus 215, plus 220. Uh, plus 220 is the highest now. So maybe it was more like plus 235. I can't remember. But um, it's, it's in there. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, just kind of looking at the keys of the fight. Um, both guys are fast. We're going to see who's faster on the on paper. It does seem like Garcia. Um, and he's definitely got to stay active with that jab. He's not the most, although what John was saying about activity, no doubt, activity-wise, um, Gervonta's activity has gone down. But Garcia's not the most active guy either um and we'll see if that goes up and, and sometimes you know i think he, in this one he definitely has to be more active with the jab than like i said just throwing those lead shots especially the, the lead left hook and, and disguising that left hand a, a little more and whatnot um turning it and whatnot but you know will he really throw that with authority and will he throw the one-twos, you know? Um, that That's something that, you know, like I said, instead of just depending on that, it's not like he can't, you know? He definitely can. Um, but he's got to throw that right hand, that one-two as well. Uh, he definitely has to in mind. And will then he actually use his reach? Like I said, not boxing out on the outside, but keeping it, you know, at a distance that's comfortable to him. He doesn't. He has a. He has an advantage. He's five ten, the seventy inch reach. Um, now you know sixty seven and a half. So you know about two and a half inches as far as reach height is a, a bigger thing there that he has. But can he stay at range? You know, because a lot of times he is the one, like I said earlier, coming forward and trying to just get you out of there. I don't think he'll do that right away at all. So will he actually use his reach at range? and try to keep that distance, and then kind of make him pay for it, or at least distract him, whatever the case may be, with his jab and all that. And, and, and then ultimately, that'll make Tank reach, coming out tentative or patient, however you want to look at it, and try to set traps. Like I said, I don't think you want to do that for so long, or as long as he has in some of these other fights. But like I said, the that Barrios fight, does help him with the, the, the length, the, the height, and all that. He has faced taller, bigger guys, so he does at least – he's at least been in the ring with that, with eight-ounce gloves and all that, 12-round fight, not just in sparring. And it's, it's going to be interesting, you know. Um, and, and like I said, if he can make tank reach, then he can counter with that left hook. Um, and, and like I said, 
throw that thing a variety of ways. Throw it to the body. Throw it to the um, to the head. Throw you know, make it look like a jab and turn it. Whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and you know, different angles. Whatever he, he's capable of it. If you go back and look at some of his fights, he's definitely capable of it. Um, and you know. I just got a message saying that he never got knocked down in those fights uh, early in his career. I didn't say he got knocked down. Um, he, there was his gas tank got a little mixed up in there. You could see he was a little tired. Those are good fights. I like what I was saying is I liked the way I think he made improvements from them. I liked the way Golden Boy moved him, and I'm talking about the Jason uh, Velez and uh, Carlos Morales fight. And that was like, I think that was a, I should check. I'm pretty sure it was a majority decision against Morales. But in those fights, he showed some weakness. He, he was faced with adversity. He wasn't in tip-top shape. There was a couple of things that he was just used to dudes falling on the ground after, you know, he would hit them. <laughs> you know, he had gone, I think, in eight-round fight before. I'm actually looking at it now. Yeah, he had actually gone eight rounds before. But then those back-to-back ten-rounders, you know, I thought those were really good development fights for him. I really did. Um, and then he started to kind of go on this destruction-type path. Now, he went the distance somewhat recently with uh, Tago, uh, Tago or whatever whatever his name is. But I do – and back to that activity, we brought up the CompuBox stuff. I'm not saying just throw a bunch of combinations and all that and leave yourself that much more open, right? And obviously, Goosen has been, you know, talking to him before this fight about that. But like I said, if you look at just overall, 43 punches thrown per round, 34 for Gervonta. So, yeah, Gervonta's definitely not a guy, especially of late, that throws a ton of punches. But 41's not a whole lot either. And they land somewhat similar um 12.8 compared to 12 garcia does land a little more but then you know um you have tank landing at a higher percentage um in the jabs yeah he, he throws basically 16 around compared to about 13 and a half um but Gervonta actually lands it a little bit more and then the power shots is where 25 of those um thrown per round and he lands 11 and that's that's a big difference there once again davis doesn't land as many but he does land at a tad higher you know percentage um and then on the tank side you know um tank does a good job and i was watching boxing gem film study on youtube check that out it's a great great channel and he brought up a good point and i don't think people talk about this, but the lead hand control, I think it's the first thing he said in the video, um, blocking that left hand, controlling, you know, in a way that left hand and that left hook, the lead hand, not necessarily always being first, but, you know, messing with that lead hand, setting it up, disturbing it, basically. Um, And, you know, I, I do think he'll fight smart and patient. I think he'll use lateral movement. Um, but I do think he definitely um, needs to use angles, you know, overall, uh, definitely. And But I think at some point you will have to back him up. And Garcia does – we know, not just the chin up in the air, right, but he is a straight-line guy, whether he's coming at you 
are coming back. That's another thing that Boxing Gem mentioned. And it's very true. Straight lines with the chin up. Whether he's backing up or on the attack, Tank's got to use angles and exploit that. Um, and then, obviously, at some point, I do think it won't be early, but I do think we'll see. Unless Tank's just having success in winning rounds, um, you know, by by countering him and, and, and not getting hit with the left hand as much or the jab or whatever, and he's actually – maybe it's 3-3 three, three after 6 or something. Then maybe he wouldn't uh, remain patient. But I do think at some point he'll close the gap. He'll get inside because, you know, not a lot, a lot of guys necessarily get inside on Garcia, but he does have trouble in there. Those short punches, the body punches, he is a lean body. Um, I think that's key too. And, uh, and just more active. Like I said, I'm not saying tank. Neither of these guys have to go way out of, you know, their, uh, their normal fight plan. But acti- like I said, neither guy is overly active per se because uh, they're both trying to land big bombs. But I think you do have to uh, you do have to switch that up. And, and like I said, Barrios, it took him a while to get to him, but he did it. Took to the 11th round. Um, you know, there's some guys like Pedraza. He, he showed an all-around type of performance there. He had that stretch where it was. Uh, Hugo Ruiz and Nunez and Gamboa, a faded Gamboa by that time, where it was like, eh, not really challenging me himself. You know, when he came in that underdog against Pedraza, those first three fights, he didn't look good against Fonseca. A lot of that had to do with what kind of shape he was in, because remember, he, he lost his belt and whatnot. Um, but ever since the Santa Cruz fight, now that was a different fight for him, so he was more explosive. He was more I'm coming to get you. He got hit more, too. Um, I just think he's, not to say he's faced a ton of adversity in his fights because he, he wasn't down in some of these late fights, uh, you know, in the last few years. Um, but he's faced a variety of different styles. Uh, even Hector Luis Garcia had success, but he's a good fighter. Now, maybe 135 is not a great weight for him. Um, but I think the Barrios fight, I don't think, Barrios is necessarily better than Garcia. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it does help Tank. And I think ultimately, um, where I disagree a little bit with John is, I think he at some point will go to him. You know, if he's got to do it, he, he knows how to do it. We've seen it. That used to be his old style. So why wouldn't he go, why wouldn't he go get him when he needs to? You know what I mean? When you're like, hey, dude. That you got because because Vegas is weird like that. Like Ryan Garcia winning this fight would be either way. No matter who, I mean, the, I guess you'd probably say the best thing would be just a great fight, and then they can have a trilogy, you know, or at least a rematch. But you can make arguments for both sides as far as who wins and whatnot. Um, but I, I am going to go tank. I think it'll be a late uh, TKO. And I wouldn't doubt. I, I'm kind of there with because of the because of the slower pace, the more X's and O's type skill fest type thing. You know, the chess checkers type thing. I think they will be playing chess for a little bit, and I think that's where Tank does have more experience doing that. And you can sit there and say you, you can poke holes in his resume. That's fine. That's fair. 
especially that little run I was talking about. I do think some of his fights have been closer and competitive to where his opponent has been called a sea fighter and stuff like that. And it's like, well, okay, but it was a competitive fight. So I think people, when you're, when you're, you know, a name like he is, you're going to get overzealous where people are just like, dude, he's going to knock out everybody. There's just no way around it. And then also you get more people being overly critical about his opponents as well. I, I, I think the one I'm critical of two things I'm critical of that little stretch there that I just mentioned. And then, Clearly, whether it was him or his people, Mayweather, Mayweather didn't want him to fight Lomachenko. So that's where I'm critical of Gervonta. Other than that, though, his opponent, um, I think him being on pay-per-view against, you know, guys that people don't think he's going to lose the fight plays into it as well. Um, But I'm going to go with Tank. I think he's going to win the fight. But like I said, I did get some plus money on Ryan Garcia. And I actually have bet two separate times – and it's going to be on the over. I, I got some pretty good – I got a good number. I think it was uh, minus 121 or 124. It dropped. So you can make a little more money. I put some more – I actually do think this thing's going to get into the 9th, 10th, 11th, 7.5 at my bookie right now. I got two bets on that in, in one uh, a little bit, you know. Now – you can throw a KO in there, right, or rounds or whatever, and, and make up for it, which is something that, you know, it's good to back up your bet. So I think it is a lot closer to a pick fight. I think the odds are starting to reflect that. But I do have uh, Tank getting it done. I do have Tank getting it done. Um, and then, yeah, just to talk about that, Cordinia, um, Rocky Moth, um Rockamuff, you know, pressure, 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 right? He is open to counters a lot. Um, he can punch pretty well um, at times when he's on the inside. He, he'll use, I don't know if I call him full-on angles, but he's not just a seek and destroy, but I think he's just too open for counters. You know what I mean? Um, but he does bring that pressure. He's a fun fighter to watch, whereas uh, Joe Cordina, more of a patient guy, He's got a good jab, boxes fairly well. Uh, he faints pretty well, too. He needs to use that one, two, the left hand to the body and just his. Now, he uses a lot more angles while he's even on the attack. The quick combos, switch angle, quick combos type thing. And he can reset really quick and be within punching range or defensive range. Uh, and he can counter punch. So you got to open to the counter. A guy that's patient that can counter punch, I do, in fact, favor Cordinia is well in that fight. But I do I think it's gonna be fun, man. I, I really do. And and I like the two other fights. The rematch fight, um, with Beck and Rosado. I, I like that fight because it's it's a different level for Gabe rather than a little bit higher level than he was trying to fight. It is what it is. You can all make the argument that Gabriel Rosado shouldn't be fighting. I get it. You could have made that same argument about, uh, about Jean Pascal now. There was some outside, or well, there was, I was going to say outside the ring, but it had to do with inside the ring, of course, with the drug stuff, the, the failing test and everything. But uh, Elijah Garcia in Salgado, I like that fight a lot. I really do. I think that's a really good fight. You know, David Burrell's in there with an experienced guy. It's still not a guy that you would uh, think has a, a legit chance to beat him. I hope he gets rounds. This looks just like a showcase. Floyd Schofield. Lorenzo Simpson, other guys 
uh, Jalil Hackett on the undercard. So yeah, there there is uh, there's definitely something there. But yeah, the co-feature I'd say is is obviously light. Um, and then you do have uh, Sandy Ryan, Sky Nicholson, uh, Zelfo Barrett, and Jason Sanchez on that other card as well. Not going to spend a ton of time in that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a, a, a you know a, a tighter fight than some are giving it credit for. Um, I will say that I think it's close to a pick'em fight. Uh, Woodruff and Gwynn. That's a I mean that's a really that's one of the closest fights of the week. And actually, uh, now that I think about it, it's probably let me check the odds on this. It's probably Babic against Rosansky. That's probably the closest. Let me check really quick. Yeah, it is. Plus 100, minus, yeah, it's, uh, you see, minus 120, both of them, minus 110, both of them, minus 115, that Balak. That's actually a really interesting fight there, the Balak against Rosansky. Uh, For some reason, I was thinking that was next weekend. That's the thing when we got such a jam-packed schedule. Um, you kind of go, oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. That actually was that. Um, so that's my prediction there. Um, we have a chunk of moments here to talk, and I will, if, if Portland 503 wants to uh, come on and give his take on this, feel free. If not, that's cool. I know it's kind of a random, you know, show during the day. Um, now, just talking about the four-man heavyweight tourney, you know, is it real? Is it fantasy? You know, with all the promoters and management and four different fighters, Four different representations. You know, we know how that goes. You know, that's a tough one. Even like who's going to get the U.S. pay-per-view? Who's going to – is it going to be a split thing? Is it going to be – it's in their hands the highest bidder? Anyway, a lot of people think it's just fantasy, right, that there's no – nothing real to this. And I, and I understand that. You know, Eddie Hearn – it's funny because we talked about it two weeks then we mentioned a little bit more. Now, Eddie has actually come out and said, you know, it would take $400 million uh, to, you know, basically $100 million per person or whatever, like there, per fighter. Um, and, of course, we're talking about the skills challenge. That's that promotional, um, you know, outfit there in Saudi. And now it's not a fantasy. It's real. But it doesn't mean – that doesn't automatically equate to it's going to happen, you know? So it's definitely not a fantasy. We've heard even Henny Hearn has said that that's what they want to do. They want to stage it. There hasn't, they're not heavy negotiating. And the style of the Skills Challenge uh, promotional outfit, and he said it in multiple interviews now, and I've talked about it probably a month or two ago, is he likes to deal with the fighter first basically give them the deal and say, hey, here, here's what we're willing to offer. Go back to your management. Go back to your promoter. Obviously, your management, your promoter is going to need to be involved, but he, he, they don't like to deal with the actual promoter that much because they know that that stuff messes you know, things up. But at Boxing King Media, they just had a um, – you know, they just literally had a uh, – with the, what is it, Amir Abdullah, I think it is, um, the, the skill challenge promotional, you know, one of the heads there, the guy that, you know, is basically the face of it, 
they had an interview with him, and so it is real. It's not a fantasy. Now, you could say it's a fantasy because there's no fucking way this would happen, but there are some things where the money just makes it right where it just happens. You've seen it before at a, a smaller scale. You know, how many ESPN fighters have fought, fought on the zone, PBC on ESPN, blah, blah, blah. We know all that. But there has been, when it, when it makes sense, a lot of sense for the fighter, we have seen that before. But this is actually from a recent interview, Credit Boxing King Media here, okay? This is actually the interview. It's not the interview, just the clip. Oops. You guys are planning some mega tournament with the four biggest heavyweights on the planet. Are we talking with Eddie Hearn and AJ? Of course we are. Are we talking with Deontay? Of course we are. Tyson, Usyk, and you know, with Skill Challenge, he does things that are, you know, just over the top. The King of Saudi Arabia pays a premium. And we get those guys in because we put on shows that are a little bit different than everybody else. Did Chris Cotter choose the fights? He absolutely did. Tyson Fury come out in the last couple of days and said it's all BS. There's no talks going on. you got, you got to give Tyson Fury one thing. But why is it said that and not earlier? That, that, and whether his management and promotion. So he, he's just kind of doing a highlight, the rest of that. Um, now, would they, like, build, you know, a new venue for it, and that's why they need time. I don't know why it has to be in December, but we've even heard about they want it. They, we've been hearing about this for a while, and a lot of it started with the Joshua, Usi, or sorry, the Usyk uh, Fury stuff. We've been hearing that for a while. So you can call it fantasy, which I totally understand why you would, <laughs> right? Um, but I don't think it's as much fantasy as some folks are talking about. I think it's possible. I think it's real. I think the offers are real. I think all the stuff is real for sure. But we could say it's a fantasy land idea that, that they're actually going to come to terms. We do have some fight news coming out. Keith Eidick boxing scene, Playo, Playo, sorry, Playo tested positive for a banned substance. Romero to box uh, Bar- Barosio um, for the vacant WBA belt. So, Alberto Pueo tested positive. Now, he can obviously, you know, get the beat sample and he can, you know, do what he has to do. But boxing scene has learned that the Dominican Southpaw has tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. So, um, you know, Pueo, this was a nice fight for him because it was a guy that there's not a ton of names around these weight divisions, but there is, you know, that this was a, one of them. I'm not saying he has a big fan base or anything like that, but on social media, it can play. So it's a, it's a good fight for him. Um, and he was he was scheduled um, the Venezuelan fighter Barroso. He he was the mandatory for the WBA uh, 140 pound crown, but um, he was already scheduled to compete on a non televised portion of that. So he was already. I guess you could say in shape like that. I mean, obviously the fight's not till the, what, the 13th or something like that. But um, so that that is a bit of news out there. Um, also, you know, the WBC has basically told, warned. It says I've seen this headline: Dimitri Bivol warned by WBC no beater BF beater BF sanctioned due to the war, um, which you know. I, 
get at it. I've already kind of given my my take on that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty funky, <laughs> like really, dude. Um, and it's so funny how both those guys have been champions for so long, and the non pressure that has happened uh, or that hasn't happened, you know, it's just not there. People are not pressuring for this fight, and it has to do with Eddie Hearn as well. It has to do with these guys, and there's just to be honest with you, there's probably not a you know there's not enough money in it, and I understand that Bibble would want to take uh, you know a, a, a you know a different route because what he's got you know in store potentially with Canelo, I mean that that's huge you know that is huge. So um, yeah, man, it's uh, it is what it is you know it is what it is, but yeah, I just. I don't know. This is what Joyce revealed. This is what he said about taking an interim fight. He may take an interim fight. This is from boxing scene. We're going to discuss it. He said to the BBC Sport, I could have one in between. I'm just going to decide. I'm going to take some time off, reflect, and watch the tape back and see where I went wrong. Talking about you know the swelling and the injury. I had a loss, but I'll be back. I can uh, see through it. I think it's just a bruise. Uh, it's a formality to go to the hospital now to check. It's not fractured or anything like that. It looks like I just got a Terminator eye now. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's that bad. Terminator eyes a little over the top. He didn't get on that flat clitch. And by the way, one of the judges had Joyce up in that fight at the stoppage. The other two only had him down by one. I forgot to mention that. Um, and, yeah, I did, you know, it was a pretty one-sided for uh, Michaela Mayer. She went to the body like, I think it was like over 200 punches landed, and like over 100 of them to the body. I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, in a major way, that was really impressive, man. Um, and by the way, Close Circuit now is available for those who were wondering for, um, you know, you can get the uh, tickets, you know, through MGM and whatnot and, and other places. But yeah, they MGM has, has, has released it. Okay, so there is Close Circuit. That is one of those things that, uh, you know, like I said, people were kind of wondering what's up with that and all that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and bring in Portland 503. We got a little time left before I'm going to head out and start my night. Uh, that's why I'm doing a day show. Um, let's go ahead and bring in Portland 503 host way from Portland, and get his take on the big fight coming up. What's going on, man? How the hell are you? <laughs> El acero apretado y el vigor y retiemble en sus centros la tierra al sonoro y el gallo. Yo, 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 what up, what up, Chris? Yo, I'm doing good here in uh, cold, but uh, getting uh, better every day, Oregon. Uh, man, uh, yo, this, uh, it, it, this, this weekend is late, Chris. You already know that big fight, $80. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, and if I could bring about, yo, but before we get into it, but how you doing, Chris? How's everything, brother? I hope you're doing good. I'm doing good, man. Doing really good. Excited for the fight this weekend. Yeah, hell yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, this one is, was bigger than I thought, man. And, uh, uh, everybody's talking about this one, man. The casuals, uh, the, the celebrities, uh, uh, the, the hardcore fans. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool, you know, so. Uh, you know, with this fight, man, um, I, I've been watching the, the all access and we could, if I could bring that up real fast, uh, you know, those are pretty, pretty good, pretty solid. And, uh, I, I see, uh, 
one thing one thing about Davis, man, he seems to be like focused in this fight. Uh, you know, and it's hard not to think that like like you, Chris. If I could give my prediction real fast, like I think he's gonna win, but like uh, like man, his like he's just he seems well like in there. You know what I mean? Like while he's training, uh, when he's with with his coach. Um, they seem to be in good spirits. Uh, they're 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 constantly watching him while he's working out, and uh, you know, and uh, it seems pretty good. like you know he seems to be in a in a good mindset. So I'm I'm really excited for this one and 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 for Ryan. If I could if I could say something, man. Uh, you know I know he's got Goosen and yo Chris. Let me let me ask you your opinion about this. But like we know the old Goosen, right? Like the tough Goosen, the guy that fucking will stand up to the referees and. Uh, you know, get crazy, and we all—if if everybody knows boxing, we all know about uh, Corrales and uh, Jose, Jose Luis Castillo, and we've seen the—you uh, know what happened there, or how he told his fighter how to—you know—if I—if 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 I remember correctly, right. he said like, "You better get inside him." You know, I think that's what he said. And yeah, uh, and while looking, it's time to go. Yeah, and uh, but while while looking uh, spectacular too with, with his t-shirts and his, and his hair, by the way. And, uh, you know, he's tough, you know what I mean, like a tough bastard. And I remember when, um, if you remember, too, like the John Molina Jr. fight when he fought Lucas Matisse, that Joe Goose, and he was also tough with John Molina. He made him, you know, go in there and not quit. And until he got stopped, that fight was over. Um, but so my, my question to you, Chris, is like, can, do you think we're going to see that if the shit hits the fan for Ryan? If like you know in a you know in one of those situations like you know are we gonna is he gonna save him is he gonna you know is he gonna tell him to you know fucking pack your lunch because you know we're we're gonna go in there you know what I mean and um, so like what like what's your thoughts on that Chris like uh, do you do you see Goosen uh, being tough on him when it when when it has when like that time that moment gets to it when push comes to shove yeah I definitely do. Um... Now, every fighter, you talk to every fighter a little, a little differently, right? So he's not going to maybe right. say it the exact same way or whatever. But, yeah, I think if whatever the case is and whatever the condition is and the, the circumstance, I do think we'll see uh, that side more. But there might be, since they've had more than one camp now and they've known each other for a while too, I think there's a trust factor there. But, yeah, there, there might be a different way that he says it. Because even then, when he was talking to him, put his mouth guard on Diego, he didn't really scream at him, right? He looked him dead in the eyes and said it. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I think that'll be there, uh, you know, potentially, as long, you know, if he's in that scenario. Yeah. Um, man, I'm just – I'm waiting for that because, in my honest opinion, like, the only way I see Ryan winning this one is by knockout – um, he would have to be, in my opinion, for it to go the distance and for it to be favored to his side, he would just have to be the perfect fighter, like the perfect counter puncher, you know, stick and move, not get hit. And I don't know. The way I see it is that I feel like Davis comes in to this fight with the skills, with the power, and with the, what, what was it, uh, like athleticism, like, you know, really, you know, it, really good. Like, and plus with the boxing skills, like, um, so that that's my opinion about this fight. Like Ryan, you know, Ryan, you know, I'm backing him up. You know, he's he's Mexicano. He's gonna have to. He's got the blood in him. So you know, he. I'm still waiting. I'm I'm willing to. Like I just want to wait till 
if shit hits the fan for him, then I want to see what kind of, you know, what, what's he got, you know, because, like, this fight is, to me, it's, like, really dangerous for Ryan. Like, I mean, this guy, Davis, is a puncher. You know, he's fast. You know, and then let's face it, man, he's a, he's a tank. Like, the, that nickname is, you know, suits him really well. Like, yeah, man, it it's like, well. I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's like a tough bastard. Like, if I could put it in words, like, he, like he's willing to lose teeth to get a win. And I feel like Ryan, you know, he's willing to lose, like, uh, like uh, not teeth, but, like, he's willing to, like, give it all. You know what I mean? Like, there's difference in mentality in this fight. I don't know. That's just my opinion about this this one. Um but uh, hey, man, I'm, I'm I can't I can't wait for this one, man, because it's finally done. And also, Chris, too, man. Uh, I just want to say I lost. Like, uh, I'm uh, looks like I'm gonna lose my bet at the my the barber shop where I'm at too, because I betted one of the dudes there like that this fight was still not happening. But man, we're you know we're days away, and you know weekend is here. So I just want to say I was wrong, and I want to take this loss like a man and say you know uh, I'm happy this fight is made, and and it's uh, you know it's cool and everything. So you know and. Uh, and also too, I had it. Um, uh, what's it called? I had an. Uh, I wanted to just give my opinion about what Oscar said about if, uh, like, he had a uh, like a like a comment that he said that this this fight is going to save boxing. Um, I, I I truly don't believe that. I, my opinion, boxing doesn't need any saving. And uh, what I felt like he wanted to say at that moment, or what should have been said, is to make up for Spence Crawford. I think that's what should have been said instead of to say boxing. Yeah, you, you know, my opinion, every once you know in mean? a while like, over the years, that that comment has been said so many times. This is the fight. Okay. This is the fight. This is yeah. yeah. I agree. It's just it's just promoter talk. You know what I mean? I I don't even think he believes it, but yeah, I hear you. I definitely hear you. I think that is, is we hear it's kind of like betting each other's purses. You hear that once in a while? Yeah. Like they're not really doing it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's all you know, it's all talk and whatever. But yeah, and, uh, and including those purses too, which is funny. Like um, those kind of bets, like you were saying, like those don't ever you know come about. Like you know, you could talk or whatever. The only the only bet that I remember, Chris, if, if you remember too, like it was the only man that I remember paying his bet kind of like that was uh, Fernando Vargas. That uh, I think I think sure. he betted yep. Shane Mosley, right? He betted Shane Mosley a hundred thousand or something. Two hundred thousand. I can't remember right, what it was, right. but like I remember yeah, hitting, the yeah, those words. Thing is different than than the whole purse, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I get whole purse, and plus, I don't even think that's legal, right? In in terms of uh, it's not. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not legal. Mm-hmm. It's not legal. Mm-hmm. Can I get a prediction from you, sir? Because I do got yeah. I got a blitz to work here. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, shout out to shout out to you, Chris, holding it down for boxing, man. Uh, you know, I'm always listening, even though I, I get to get on the show a few times. But uh, but yeah, my prediction, man. Uh, I got Tank uh, late, either late round stoppage or the distance. If there's no late round stoppage, then it goes the distance. And I just feel then, uh, you know, because let's let's face it, Goosen's a pretty damn good trainer. He's been, you know, he's he's such a veteran. I feel like he's he's able to know if Ryan is able is gets into any trouble. Uh, so my opinion, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go for 12 rounds, uh, Davis at the end. That's my safe bet. Um, so yeah, that's that's my prediction. And uh, and also I feel like I just feel like Ryan's gonna be frustrated in this fight because he's uh just I, I feel like I like I said my prediction uh, or like I said before that uh, Ryan or uh, Davis is actually like built like a tank. You know he's he's a tough uh, tough bastard. So you know what I mean. So. But yeah, that's my prediction for this one. But yeah, but shout out to you, Chris. 
for uh, holding it down on you know uh, on a Wednesday, or, uh, Wednesday early to 2 p.m. our time. Uh, shout out to you, Chris. Uh, thank you for having me on. Shout out to the Ropa Dope Radio and Viva Mexico, cabrones. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Josue. Portland 503 chiming in per usual. Adrian Delgado, great follow. Adrian D8926 on Twitter. This is a great way to, to describe this. Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia is a matter of explosive ring IQ versus explosive instincts. Both will have their moments, but I expect uh, Javante Davis to start creating separation midway through the fight. His ring generalship, along with picking the right spots as the fight plays out, is key. I'm telling you, man, this this guy's uh, bank of knowledge and the way he breaks it down is really, really good. Um, So definitely follow him in general. And then one bit of news, great news, actually. We got a date. I don't don't know the... uh, I don't think they've announced where it's going to be, but July 8th, okay, July 8th, Ortiz Stanonius is back on. July 8th, Ortiz Stanonius, a great, great matchup versus these young undefeated contenders, man. Really looking forward to that fight. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fight weekend. Hopefully we get a great fight and uh, it lives up to this buzz here. I'm out. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, if, if you fight, let's say you fight four or five years of straight survival, of bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. That will show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth uh, of, of, of what I deserve.